Amen. I'm Justin. I'm an alcoholic. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Um, it's get, it gets real now. Um, I want to welcome all the newcomers. There was a lot of you guys tonight. Um, you are the most important person in the room. And I took that to heart because I was the most important person in the room for a long time. I was picking up them white chips for a minute. This ain't my first time um, by no means. Um, Let's see, like, I, I look around the room, man, and I, I see a lot of relationships that I've built today. And uh, it, was, it was through these rooms. And, like, I'm super grateful for every one of you guys. Um, super grateful for everyone that showed up. Um, it ain't always been like that. Uh, let's go. Um, I'm going to tell you how, how I used to be. Uh, I'm super nervous right now, so... This thing is like all in my face. Um, let's see. My sobriety date is January 6th of 2018. I have a sponsor that has a sponsor, and I have sponsees. Um, you know, I grew up in the South, uh, in North Carolina. Grew up in a trailer park. We were dirt poor. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I don't. Really, of course, I don't really remember. You know, five, we upgraded and got our very own trailer, so <laughs> we were outside of the trailer park. Um, you know, I just remember I have three older brothers who are all alcoholics. My father was an alcoholic, and my mother was crazy for from putting up with all of us. You know, she was normal. I don't know how, um, but she was. Let's see. Um, you know, from from a a small child. Um, I never really remember seeing my dad drunk, but at night, you know, I don't know if it was because I didn't like being with myself alone or I was just scared of the dark, you know, but I would jump up in the middle of the night if I woke up and I would go get my mom and dad's bed. And I remember on the way, I would see my dad's beer sitting there. Um, so I would, you know, every night take a swig and, and jump in the bed. And one night he, he put he put cigarette butts out in it. And I and I drank it, you know, and I threw up. And you know, I just played it off. I'm I'm pretty manipulative. Is that even a word? I was. But um, my um, you know, I'm uh, my mom is easy manipulated. Um, I don't really remember drinking or anything for a while, but um, my dad was always there for me. Um. He was coach of all my baseball teams, football, you know, you name it. And it was, our family was, like, really tight-knit, um, regardless of if he, if he was an alcoholic or not, you know. Um, I, that never spilled over into in, into my life as a child. Um, I know we started getting money, and, and we moved into a bigger house, um, and I, I started getting more things handed to me. Uh, my brothers were all, you know, six years plus older than me, and they were moving out, and they resented me, I believe, for, like, getting what I wanted, and I got everything handed to me as a child. My brothers, you know, I, for a while I got their hand-me-downs, you know, and I, I just looked at it, you know, like, I'm the only one between my mother and father that my mother and father are still together, and, they, you know, they're all my half-brothers. So I don't know if I ever... <sighs> 
I always wanted to feel like I fit in with them, but I don't. I, I wanted to do anything to hang out with them, you know. And I always looked up to them. They were all great in sports, and that was like our thing. Uh, whenever the next time that I remember drinking, I was about 11, and my brother, my brother Brandon, had moved to Iowa, so. We drive halfway across the country. I don't know if that's halfway across the country. <laughs> we drive to Iowa. We drive to Iowa, and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Um, you know, they were they were having a cake party out in the garage or, or the barn behind the house, and I walked out there, and you know, I had that like, it's not my first cake party, you know. So I was like, you know, walking around, listening to music, I had my Pepsi in my hand, and everybody is acting a fool, you know, and. It looked fun to me. So, you know, I had heard a lot about mixed drinks. So my idea of a mixed drink was to pour beer in half of my Pepsi. <laughs> and the thing is, I loved it. <laughs> like, and I drank, and I drank, and I drank. And because, like, my mom and dad had stayed at the hotel, you know, like, I guess he didn't want to be around his ex-wife, blah, blah, blah. So I was there with uh, just my brother and his mother. And uh, I don't know that she, I'm sure she knew it because I shit all over myself. Like, as I passed out in the room, I passed out in her room on the floor. Um, so, like, that, like, I, I knew, like, I wanted to drink again. And I became uh, an opportunist drinker. And the way I was manipulating people in line, and I was good at finding that opportunity. Um, you know, it would come about... I would, I would go to friends. I didn't really like going to other people's houses. I was more of a homebody, you know. Um, I like to be around my family. So they would always come, and we would go camping and stuff like that. You know, the, the shit country boys do. Um, we'd go fishing, uh, ride four-wheelers. And I was still playing sports at this time, you know. And I was still good. Like, I don't like to brag about my, my sports playing, but I was the shit. Um, I kept... Uh, I kept it under wraps, you know, until uh, I was 14 years old, and I was at, I was hanging out with my brother and all their friends, way older than me, should not have been there. My mom thought that was a good idea, you know, he's going to be okay if he hangs out with his brothers, and that wasn't the case. He got a call at like 3.30 in the morning from the cops, you know, we've got Justin, and, you know, and it, to me, it was the joke, you know. I was sitting in the police station. They didn't put me in, the, in behind bars or nothing like that. They put me in the chair, and they just kind of, like, looked at me and, like, shamed me and shit like that. And my mom walked in and slapped me right in the back of the head, right in front of the cops, and they didn't do nothing. Like, they, <laughs> I was like, you, they knew my family. It's like that small of a town. Um, so this is just the start of the way my life was to play out. Um, you know, as I, I finally figured out, you know, how I can drink and and get away with it. You know, I had to move out, right? So how am I going to do that? I asked for more things to be handed to me, and I would save up. But it came to a point where um, I'm 16 years old now, um, full-fledged blackout alcoholic I drank every chance I had and I was physically addicted at this point like when I didn't have any you know the shakes and the vomiting and, and all the all the shit that comes with it um, 
So I get a I get a car. I didn't pay for it. It, it got handed. It was a convertible. So like just inflated my ego, dude. I, I was the shit still. And uh, I totaled it. I, I got DUIs. I got possession charges. Um, and I was still getting stuff handed to me. Like, what is what was my family thinking, you know? But the way I'm looking at it, you know, I was the youngest coming up. They didn't know how to love me, you know. Uh, they were doing the best they can with what they had. And little did I know, like, like we come from dirt poor, a trailer park, to now having, like, I was getting a convertible for, it wasn't new, but to me it was new, you know what I mean? But um, my dad got busted by the feds whenever I was 18. And I kind of knew what he was doing. I and mean, while we were getting money, you know, he was selling, he was selling dope. And <clears throat> I watched my dad leave, leave his house, like, in handcuffs, you know, and like, I was like my hero, you know, and I want to sound dramatic, but that's the truth. You know, I looked up to my father, and at this time, I'm, you know, I'm running the gun in myself, and it was just kind of what comes with the territory. I'd been, I'd been to jail a few times. Um, he got bailed right out, um, ended up getting a slap on the wrist, but around the same time, I got in trouble too. Like it was almost like they were they were waiting for me to turn 18, so they can really give it to me, you know. So this is the the first time I really got got introduced to the system. Uh, I was it sent me on like I was worse, you know. It wasn't like I was rehabilitated coming out of there. I was I was worse um, by far. Immediately as soon as I got out, like. Um, I would <clears throat> either overdose or find my way into a mental institution. I did that a few times. Um, <laughs> I know that uh, I never wanted to be there. I couldn't get 30 days inside of an inpatient facility. Um, no matter where I was, I couldn't put no time together. Somehow I would middle blah, blah, blah. I can't say that word, man. I would I would lie or, or do what I have to do to to make everything fit the way I wanted, the way Justin wants that shit to work out. Um, and I say around uh, like a year before this, I think this is what really sent me off in, into like trying to cover up whatever I was feeling. I got in a car crash with uh, two of my good friends. One of them, my best, my best friend, and I watched him die. Um, he drowned, and, and there was nothing, you know, I could do. I was trying, but we were, me and the driver, were both, you know, way too drunk to 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 help. And I, it, it was, it was like really vivid. I had these nightmares for years and years after that. Um, a year later, the driver shot himself because he felt guilty for what happened. And, like, you know, all our friends was like, you know, you're a piece of shit, you killed him, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the truth, you know. Like, the truth is we were all partying, and none of us should have gotten the car together. But it is what it is, right? I think I had some type of survivor's guilt or whatever, but I never really liked the way I felt ever. I was uncomfortable all the time. Um, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. I could hang out with any type of people and be them. You know, like the smart people, the jocks, the the emo punks, like, you know, like, 
I could be who I, you wanted me to be, and I was good at it. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so, like, I think I just started, like, really losing myself. Um, I don't know if I'm serious now or not. I can't even see none of your faces now. <laughs> I am old, dude. I am getting old. But, uh, where was I at? How uh, I used to be fucked up. Um, man, like, I, oh, yeah, I, how I didn't like the felt, right? Yeah, I didn't like the way I felt. Um, so I just, you know, co covered it up with more alcohol. And I, w I was great when I was drunk. Awesome. And then the next morning came. And I'd wake up, and I would be hugging the toilet, or I would rem I'd have to look through my phone to remember what I did, and it wasn't nothing good, you know what I mean? Like, all, like, just embarrassing, incomprehensible demoralization. I got that out. I got that out. But <laughs> it was, man, and it was, you know, what do you do when you feel that, you know? You do the same thing you've done the night before after you just promised yourself not to do that. 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, whatever time I got up, by 12, I'm doing the same shit that I was doing yesterday. Uh, and this just became uh, my thing, you know. All my friends that I thought were fucked up didn't want me around. You know, here comes Justin, like, hide your stuff. Like, you know, like, <laughs> my family, who we were in the country, so, like, <clears throat> and we all lived, like, me, my grandma, my mom, my uncle, my brothers, all right there. So nobody locked their doors until... Until like I, I fell like deep into my addiction, and I was at a, a at a pretty young age, you know, like 19 years old, and I would uh, I learned how to crack a safe, like so like they couldn't keep me out the house, like it, like and it just became I stole my uncle's checks, like you know just all the shit we do. Um, when I turned 21, the legal drinking age, nothing was different, you know, like I'd been doing all this shit before. It was starting to get old. Um, I know that <clears throat> around uh, around 21, I started finding myself in more institutions, and it wasn't like that I wanted to be there. The judge sent me there. I did it to get my mom off my back, or I was really so dope sick and I had burnt all my bridges that that was where I was going to get medicated and get well, get some weight on me, and forget. You know, I forgot. I was I had in, uh, uh, amnesia. I had amnesia a lot, so like. After, you know, uh, going through your detox or whatever, it just, I got on that cycle. Um, and this lasted years, up until, you know, two years ago. Um, I had a daughter whenever I was 22. Uh, I was loaded. I wasn't there when she was born. Um, in fact, like, to be brutally honest, I didn't care. You know, I was... I was broken, and I wanted everyone around me to feel the way I felt, you know, because I really didn't know how you felt, but I know how I felt, and I wanted you all to share that pain, you know, and I could never find the room to where we all share the same pain until I got to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, my daughter, I, I did show up, you know, uh, a week after she was born with uh, a list of excuses and reasons and lies, you know, uh, and her mother, rightfully so, did not want me in her life, and I've been struggling with this since, you know, she's she's about to be seven years old, and I've seen her, I haven't seen her in the last three years, 
but uh, we'll get on that in a minute. As of, uh, you know, I see, think of what year I'm on. Um, oh, yeah, just, you know, the, the normal routine stuff I was getting into, I was um, burning all the bridges and all my so-called friends or fair-weathered friends, um, they started leaving, they started dying, they started going to jail, and somehow I had those, like, I was I was good at getting out of shit, and I was good at getting my granddaddy to pay for a lawyer, and I was good at, like, just manipulating the system to where I am way smarter than all of you. You know what I mean? I was the smartest person in the room no matter where I went. Um, but little did I know, like, it was me that, that was getting the short end of the stick, like, when it finally come down to it. I know that all the um all the cars I lost or totaled or or friends or or all the material things I lost it was, like paled in comparison to the way I felt on the inside, you know. Um I, I there was those times when you have a pocket full of money and all your buddies around and I still felt the same as I did when I didn't have nothing. You know, nothing could make me happy. I got, I got to where I didn't want to be around nobody. I became super antisocial. All the things alcohol did for me, it now did to me. You know what I mean? Like, it made me super social and everybody loved to be around me until everybody hated me and it made me antisocial. Um, so this is when, like, I started isolating because... I come, I had the pity party of everything I touch turns to shit, you know, I'm not going to touch nothing. So I would sit in my house, and, and by this time I had what I call a house, it was a trailer, I had my own trailer. <laughs> I had moved up, right? But I lived right beside my mom. <laughs> Literally, like, right beside her. And she, uh, she was that mom to come over, knocking on the door in the morning, Justin, you going to go to work? Hell no. Hell no. Like, my family, that's the only job I've ever had was one that my family felt obligated to give me because I grew up on a farm. There was work to do, and I wouldn't do it. You know, I would show up that one day a week to get just a little bit of money to get well and to scope out what I could steal, you know, where it was, where it was laying at, and just just instill the fact that I am smarter than everyone around me. And uh, I believed that shit for a long time. But like I was saying, I, I got to the point of isolation. Nobody seen me, but the liquor store or occasionally my mother would bring food over to the house or my grandmother, and they would knock on the door and like stick a plate out. And it was just like I was like the sloth. I would like grab it and like pull it back in. Like the sunlight hurt, air hurt. You know, I hurt. And it's like pain was like to my core, you know. I did not know what to do with it. I didn't know where to go. Um, didn't know what to do. Um, the last, when I finally found the solution, I heard the solution, um, I was in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was drugged there by a, a white van. And, you know, like just 13 of us, having the best time of our life, you know, because, I don't know, like, that's what's the cool thing to do whenever I was in treatment, but I know, I, I came in the rooms, and this is, I was around, like, I don't know, 25, and I, I was in a state-funded 
treatment center. Um, you know, none of the palm trees, none of that shit. I was in the middle of a field in North Carolina. Okay, and um, so I just I did the, the state-funded thing, and then I, I actually ended up getting insurance. Guess who paid for it? Not me. Um, and it wasn't with the idea of, like, we're going to ship him off to California, you know, but that should have been their idea, you know. It turned out, you know, like, mom, I, this is, the like, the first time I had a spiritual experience. I got completely drunk, and in my mind, I'm going to kill myself. Um, I've never had the suicidal thought to plan, but it was a cry for help. We all know how to kill ourselves, right? There was, I'm in the South. There's a gun in every corner, except for the, my, my house. I had pawned them all. So I, <laughs> I could have definitely got a gun if I wanted to, but it was a cry for help. I woke up, I woke up on the floor hours later. Um, I was throwing up, and I remember, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Dead ass serious, and I was like, what is it? Like, I came up, came to throwing up, and I was crying. And something told me that my God's name wasn't coincidence no more. I got up, and I, and I ran to my mother's house. That's what I do. I run to mama's. And it was 4.30 in the morning, and I beat on the door like the fucking SWAT team. And she, this was a common thing for her. So she comes rolling in a nightgown, opens the door, and, you know, I tell her for the first time, I'm dying on the inside. I didn't tell her. I just tried to kill myself, and I still haven't told her. And that's the truth, because my mom's going to take that to heart. She's going to think she'd done something wrong. The truth is, like, my mom has been there for me throughout all this. You know, she's the one that never turned her back on me, and I'm grateful for her. Um, I know that she's like, call your insurance card, you know, see if they'll send you the treatment. I did not think that they were going to. They were like, Yep, we'll get you on the plane to California tomorrow, tonight, or whatever. I was like, hell no. I ain't going. I'm not going. And I sit there and I thought about it, man, and what did I have to lose, you know? I was totally, totally loaded. I woke up in L.A. in a detox center thinking, what the hell have I done? Where am I at? What am I going to do? How am I going to get loaded? So, you know, I, this was not, I forgot that feeling of, of God. I forgot it quick. And, you know, within the week, I did the inpatient, yada, 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 got loaded. Did the, the detox, the inpatient, yada, yada, got, got loaded. And that vicious cycle of, of all of us know how, how it goes, right? Um, I had the bright idea that this shit didn't work. I was going home. I went home. Uh, it didn't work there either. I, I can't even say that I got any time while I was out here. 18 months, I would hug my mom for the first time loaded. And she didn't even know it, because I'm smarter than y'all, you remember? And she, uh, while I was home, I ended up getting some serious tr drug charges. And in North Carolina, it's not the same as it is here. I got bailed out like, once again. Family come got me. Justin's fucking in jail. Let's go get him. And this time, it was way more serious than I thought. But I called the only place I knew that was going to help me. And it was nowhere in North Carolina. I called a treatment center out here that I'd been to more times than you can count, you know, and, and they took me in, and um, I got honest, I got, uh, the man is sitting in here tonight, and I just, I'm super grateful that they, it's, I haven't seen him, and I don't know how long, and he happened to show up tonight, I'm grateful, but um, I got honest, man, I got honest with him, and I did, for the first time, I started doing shit I didn't want to do, you know, I started listening to other people, and I started taking suggestions, 
um, I had had a sponsor and I'd worked work the steps. I lied on my fourth step to make him think I was cool, you know. I want to tell him some cool shit. But that just ended up fucking me, you know. But this time around, you know, uh, another man came up to me and he, he, he told me I'm your sponsor, you know, because my other sponsor was down in San Diego. He had moved. So it was just inconvenient anyways. So uh, at this time, you know, I still can't tell people no. I wanted to tell him no. To be honest, I wanted to, but I, I'm not good at telling people no. I want everybody to like me. But thank God I did not tell him no. You know, I, I walked to his house once, twice a week, and we did step work until I was blue in the face, you know. like um, I ended up getting a job. What? A job? <laughs> I got a job, right, in a treatment center with 70 days sober, and they said, you're going to get loaded. I said, I'm going to show you. You know, I stayed sober out of spite maybe for a little bit. I was in 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 IOP, working at IOP. You know, like it was just nuts. Um, so, like, treatment gave me a bed, right? I had been to treatment so many times, you can't give me a relapse prevention. You know what I mean? I know what that shit is. And it don't work. Like, the only thing between me and my next drink is going to be God. And that's the honest truth. And let me tell you how I found God. Um, I, I, I got transparent as fuck. You know, I came in here and I told you just like it was. I told you I didn't care about you, my daughter, nobody when I'm loaded. My mother, nobody makes a fuck but me. I'm selfish and self-centered to the core. How did that, like, how did that feeling get taken away from me? Truly, I don't know, but I had to stop thinking that out thinking my alcoholism did not work, so I just let it be, you know. I did the one, two, three, where I usually go out, you know. Then I did the fourth, and I told this man everything about me, and I told him, I told him everything I remembered at the time about me, because my mind was still foggy and I was still fucked off, and uh, I stayed sober. I did the. I, finished my IOP, I moved out on the fucking, I'm paying my own bills, I never had a job that gave me a paycheck stub, and I was like super stoked skipping down to the bank with that motherfucker, <laughs> and shit just got good, man, I know when I first got here, I didn't want what you had, but I didn't want what I had, I needed something different, and I found it here, um, I'm truly grateful for that, I say, uh, Whenever uh, I did my ninth step and I made amends to my mother, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to cry. And soon as I seen her face, like, I, water works, man. Like, I'm supposed to be a man, dude. I don't cry. But she's seen me cry so many times, dude. Like, hug me, mama. But that's some real shit, dude. Like, I've never had a relationship with my family the way I do now. My, my family keeps calling me. You need money? You sure ain't asked money for for money in a while, you know, and that's just not me. I don't call home to say hello, you know. I don't tell, say, how are you doing? Because normally I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry if I've been cussing like a lot in here. Sorry. Progress, not perfection. Um, I didn't really understand this program, man, until I got to my 12th step and I, and I, I grabbed another man by the hand just like my, my sponsor did me. And I tried to show him precisely how I recovered. 
um, when he had a problem, I said, hold on, let me call my sponsor. Let me tell you exactly what to tell. Like, I don't know shit. I still don't know shit. I'm sure he had, I had some shit that he probably had to call his sponsor over. But today, today, I'm still fighting the charges back home. Um, they're, they're trying to give me a substantial amount of time. I'm saying a lot of big words that I don't normally say. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> they're trying to give me a lot of time, man. And, like, that's the thing. I met God, right? I met God, and today I match calamity with serenity. And I'm standing in the shitstorm of what's my life, you know, and I'm okay. Um, I'm all right. Like, whatever whatever they do give me, it's meant to be. And I'm going to – I'm. God's proven to me time and time again that I'm in the right place at the right time. You know, I live in God's grace today, and he's gave me a life I don't deserve. So what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to carry the message that was given to me. Um, I have sponsees now, and these people look to me for answers. What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> I don't know, man, but I don't, like, like, again, like, I don't have to think about what this program does. I just have to do. If you're new and you came in here in a white van or if you're in here as a, a patient, a client, or whatever you want to call yourself, you're in the right spot and you didn't get here by accident. God, where I got here, little did I know God was looking out for me a long time before I believed in him. I, I called, like I said, I called him coincidence for a long time. Today, my life looks much different. Um, like I said, uh, I still, I have a better job now. Somebody else gave me a job, you know, like, I went from one, one job to another, and I've never called in sick, and like, just all these things that Justin don't normally do, you know, it's, I cannot take credit for anything I have today, nothing, none of my friends relationships that I have, things that I've built, things that I pay for, the job I have, nothing is of my making, you know. And whenever I do shit, I fuck shit up. I, I get land in jail. I get them 5150s, you know what I mean? And just, I can breathe today, and it don't hurt no more. Like, as I look at the, at the people in here tonight, like, I'm grateful all you guys showed up, man. I don't know, like, I remember sitting in the same same places, you know, and just not hearing the message, but I kept coming back, and I kept coming back until I heard something that finally clicked, and all these cliches that that uh, we get so tired of hearing came true, you know. The biggest one for me was that 24 hours a day. Um, I live, cause if I think about tomorrow and where I'm really headed, I'm... I'm going to try to take control, and I'm going to get there in my own car. You know what I mean? So today I let go, and I've let God, and I let God into my life, and it's truly miraculous what has happened. Um, I just want to... Two minutes. All right, yeah, that's what I know. Uh, I just want to say, man, if you're new... Oh, happy birthday to the birthday, guys. Like, all the newcomers. I don't know. Maybe I said happy birthday earlier. I should have if I didn't. That's great, man. That's it, We are truly miracles, all of us that are sitting here tonight. All of us that are sitting here and we're sober tonight. And and I know whenever. My, my Saturday nights don't look like this at all. And But I wouldn't. Like, it's another cliche. I would not trade today 
for what my what my yesterdays looked like at all. And if you're new, stick around, get a sponsor, work some steps, and don't let the word action like deter you. You know what I'm saying? Like action, you just fucking do, man. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop doing what you want to do. Start taking suggestion, man. You won't regret it. I promise you that. I'm Justin. I'm alcoholic.